Ian Hamilton Trottier. And uh, welcome to the discussions. Welcome to your 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 weekly discussion with uh, Ian Trottier. Uh, we are a small independent station here in the Wynwood District of Miami, Florida. So once in a while, there are some logistical issues that come into play as far as getting the broadcast out there for you. Uh, today, we will be joined by an incredible guest, political economist, F. William Engdahl. He'll be calling in from Germany. And I thought that I had the logistics taken care of, but I do not. Uh, he'll be calling in via Skype. So if the connection is not solid, uh, bear, bear with the show. As uh, the next Skype session, it will be solid. He'll be joining us in about 12 minutes. Discussions with the Trottier is the point you have arrived at for your Wednesday. And I am honored to have you with me. Uh, wow. So the, so the show started in January and it's completely taking off. I thank you for listening and your support at iantrottier.com. That's I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R.com slash radio. Just go to iantrottier.com and hit the radio tab. I want to give another shout out, as I did last week, to Richard at the ESJ collection in Puerto Rico. Uh, we are working with Richard to deliver a show to you from Puerto Rico. And there's an incredible guest that, uh, that I'm working on landing for you to hear. And whichever guest I land at some point, I can imagine we will be broadcasting, uh, from Puerto Rico for you. Richard owns the hotel and he likes what, uh, the discussion show is all about. And he's invited, uh, me to do a show from uh, Puerto Rico. And uh, so up at the website, I have him listed as a sponsor because he uh, will be partially sponsored that, sponsoring that. This week has been incredible. And there are a couple new guests that I want to announce that will be joining the show. If you're local to South Florida or Miami, you may have heard of an incredible new project to transform the land beneath the Miami Metro Rail, which is a 10-mile linear strip from what is Brickell to Dalen Mall. If you know Miami, you've been to it, and you know what I'm talking about, then start to imagine that strip as you're driving down uh, one, Highway 1, transformed into a linear park with beautiful running trails, biking trails, art. The brains behind that project will be on the show, will be on the show joining the show uh, September 6th. In particular, an incredible philanthropist, local... Uh, um, Miamian Christina Moss with the really the legs behind the project Meg Daly I'm announcing that as they will they have confirmed and they will be on show we will also be joined by David Sereda that's coming closer to you August 16th he'll deliver his knowledge and wisdom behind studying the math of what is the pyramid at Giza and its energies. We 
Also, we'll be joined by NCAA athlete, track athlete, Brenna Porter. Her story is incredible as she stumbles around the first hurdle in a NCAA track meet at the University of Texas, falls to the ground, seven-inch gash to her leg. Not only does she stand up right away, but she stands up to get back into the race and completing the race with her muscle-protruding leg. And, of course... The red liquid that comes out of that, blood. So an incredible story of perseverance and determination. The exact kind of stuff that I look for to deliver to you. She'll be on show August 30th. Of course, Amy Siskind, if I pronounce that right, Amy. From Wall Street to what I'm saying, Ocean Drive, New York Times, LA Times, Washington Post, CNBC, PBS, NPR, CNN, Fox News. She has is a co-founder of a movement to empower women called the new gen the new agenda august 9th she'll be with us jeff speck harvard lecturer speck and associates out of brookline massachusetts he'll be on show to talk about transforming our urban centers into more walkable and enjoyable places Okay, my whole thing, if you've listened to me, and you know, look, little things we can do to chip away at the system that we all live in, like being exposed to smog, right? So electric cars have been around for over 100 years. Why are we still burning these fossil fuels and allowing that disgusting energy and contamination into our environment? Why? Right, there's, there's no reason for it. So if you're an Elon Musk fan, get behind him. Let's get more electric cars on the street. There's no need for it. Today, William will be delivering an incredible uh, knowledge and perspective regarding the oil industry. William Engdahl. If you're not familiar with this man, Google him right now. Check him out. He is scheduled to join us from Germany today. Okay. Also, Aaron Elizabeth, Health Not News, will be with us. And, of course, John Perkins, uh, uh, former CIA uh, agent, New York Times bestselling author, New Confessions of an Economic Hitman. That's coming up in a couple weeks, July 12th. Next week, we will have Chuck Morse. And this is just an incredible story. Chuck is also associated with Harvard. I believe he's uh, working on, we'll hear, we're hearing, but it might be a master's, PhD. I think it's a master's. Uh, Harvard Extension School. He's up in, in Boston. Um, he has his own radio show. And uh, he's written for Washington Times, Newsmax, Boston Globe, Front Page Magazine. He's had on uh, Har- Geraldo Rivera, Casper Weinberger, Jack Kemp, Noam Chomsky. He and his research is associated uh, an incredible link between Nazism and is and Islamic terrorism. Had you ever even considered that there might even be a connection between those two ideologies? There's not only a connection, but there's a huge connection between it. I've got some really cool stuff happening with my good friend uh, up in North Carolina, uh, who does um, research, of course, for diabetes and. He's transforming the life of this 13-year-old boy who's being diagnosed with diabetes, and he's emitting some of these toxins from his house and his environment, and the white cell blood count that he's seeing is drastically improving. So this, this kid's in, diabetes is on a major men's. He and I are also talking about uh, another angle that I'm going to approach possibly transforming some of the local political infrastructure of Miami-Dade. So some really fun stuff happening, some really cool things uh, happening. And I thank you for your support and for what you have brought to, um, to Winwood Radio. And um, look... I strive to bring you guests 
to the program, not only for stimulating discussions and thought-provoking topics, but really, my bottom line, my drive, is to help educate you of things that I'm being educated on so that we can bring about great, positive, wonderful change in our communities, in our families, in our states, our counties, and in our countries, whether you're in Venezuela, whether you're in the Philippines, whether you're in California. We all work together. We can make this world a much better place. And I'm all about tearing down some of these layers. Layers like an onion. Layers they have to strip away. They're so thin. Tear those down. So we can bring a more equal, just, democratic environment to, to our lives. If you weren't with show two weeks ago, we were joined by five-time Emmy Award-winning journalist and author, Peter Lance. Triple Cross is one of his recent books, his current project, investigatingtrump.com. Look, I don't, I don't know what side of the aisle he's on. I don't, I don't care what his views are politically. But what he's been able to dig up is alarming regarding the Trump campaign. And if there's corruption anywhere, let's clean it out. Regardless of your political affiliation or what you believe in, look, we all live together. We all got to get along. And if something's going on that's dishonest, that's not right. And that's actually something that William will be talking about today in one of his books, Myths, Lies, and Oil Wars. The second book that I believe he'll be addressing with us is Target China, How Washington and Wall Street Plan to Cage the Asian Dragon. Okay, he's based in Frankfurt. He'll be joining us very shortly. But check out Peter Lance's investigatingtrump.com if you will. Follow him on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. And thank you for tuning in to discussions with the Entrachier. This is Winwood Radio. When I return, we will be joined by American author, German-based political economist, F. William Engdahl.
And we are back. We are joined this afternoon with an incredible author and economy, a mind of economy, I'll say. Uh, Mr. William Engdahl joins us from, I believe it's outside of Frankfurt, Germany. Is that correct, William? And William, so you're an American, but you live you live in Germany. I do, yeah. And I I haven't I haven't been able to calculate how many books you you've written, but the books you have written are impressive. And, and basically, what I what I like to deliver to uh, my audience is a better understanding of a couple things. But primarily, it gets down to peeling away the layers of the of the Federal Reserve. And uh, what most people don't understand is that the Federal Reserve Act, essentially, and not having studied law or, or, or passing any bar myself, well, I understand the uh, Federal Reserve Act to be unconstitutional, uh, per what was written in, uh, in, in, in uh, just, after, just shortly after 1776 here in, in the U.S. But in the 1913, with the passing of the Federal Reserve Act, uh, things have changed considerably, uh, and, and, and I'm a proud American, but uh, but it seems that Congress originally wrote the power to coin, if you will, uh, money, uh, or excuse me, the Constitution. The Constitution gave the the power to coin money to Congress. Uh, yet that all changed with the passing of the uh, 1913 Federal Reserve Act, Reserve Act. Now, how this all applies to the research that I believe that you've dedicated to your life is incredible because you you tie that right into big oil and. Your book, Myth, Lies, and Oil Wars, should resonate nicely with our listeners. Can you explain a little more about what you've learned from writing Myth, Lies, and Oil Wars and what listeners should hear? families of the old families 
and in control of the Council on Foreign Relations, the leading foreign policy think tank, in control of the strategy for the post-1945 world. It's a project that the Council on Foreign Relations carried out called the War and Peace Studies. You can check this out on the website of the Council. The War and Peace Studies was financed by the Rockefeller Foundation, and it was a group of leading think tank uh, geographers and economists and historians to essentially carve up the post-war world of 1945. And that's basically what happened. And the, that post-1945 world was based on the dollar being the leading currency in the world, the reserve currency, with 70% of the world's gold reserves, central bank gold reserves, by hook or by crook. And it was based on the oil economy, which after the war overtook Europe. Europe before the war was not an oil economy. By and large, the, the heating and the industrial power was coal-based, which is a resource that Europe had plenty of. And after the war, it became oil-based. So the uh, American century was very much a petroleum age century, as it was defined by Henry Luce and his friends after World War II. Liquid gold. You there, William? I'm here. I couldn't hear you. Sorry. Oh, okay. So I, I said liquid gold. The oil. It's liquid gold. Black gold, yeah. Black gold, black gold. Now, you mentioned uh, in 1933 the uh, yeah, Britain um, going off the gold standard, if I had heard that correctly. And it it, it resonate with the Great Depression. And, and I, think, I think the average American doesn't quite understand how and why the Great Depression may have been manipulated by some of these big bankers. And can you touch on that? Do, do, if, you, if you follow where I'm going, um, can you touch on what happened during the Great Depression and where that transfer of power uh, went and took place? Japanese. He let it happen hmm. in order to justify 
the day that will live in infamy and declare war on Japan, but mainly on Japan's ally, Nazi Germany. So U.S. banking elites have their war, as it's always the bankers behind these wars, by the way. Right. And that war led to a reorganization because the United States, under the guidance of Rockefeller and company, held back for a full two years and let the Germans and the Russians, the Soviets, bleed each other to death. This, this was a British uh, 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 comment about, about one of the biggest mistakes of, of World War II, that we let the Germans and the Russians bleed each other to death. Hmm. And they did that in order that the American century could rise on the ashes of Europe, on the ashes of not only Germany, Nazi Germany, and this is in no way to defend Hitler, he was an atrocious uh, demon, but it was to create a field of rubble and destruction that would allow the United States to emerge as the great informal undeclared empire to succeed the British Empire. World War One and World War Two, Ian, I maintain are one continuous project of these Wall Street banks. Agreed. It took two world wars to establish the American century, but they sure did it in 1945 when they created the Bretton Woods Treaty, that the dollar was as good as gold, the dollar exchange gold standard, and that the U.S. military was the force supreme over all other military. Right. So, so what what I find interesting, and, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned that uh, that group, the uh, the private group out of Yale uh, there uh, that that's referred to as uh, um, Skull and Bones, or I believe it's uh, three twenty two. Um, there, there's there's. Uh, 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 there's a couple different things that, that come to my mind, and, 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 and we're going to have time for you to go into China because that will be incredibly impressive. But, but for listeners, listeners need to, need to understand, understand and, and, and they've got to peel back some of these layers, but there's, um, but there's, there, there, there's, there's two, two things that came to my mind. The, the first one here, and, and, and depends what your knowledge on the situation may be, but, but the, the, with the Russell Act, there, which is just basically another name for uh, the Skull and Bones and the 322. My understanding is that there's a tie to the All Soul School uh, that Cecil Rhodes has endowed uh, out of ha- Oxford. Uh, can you expand on an, an, any uh, connection that you understand between those two? Which had created a hundred years earlier the 
Industrial Revolution. It's very much similar to the situation with China today in the world and the United States. Very much, it's almost a perfect parallel. The United States uh, banking oligarchy or, or patriarchy, the Wall Street banks, these six or seven criminal institutions that are called banks, uh, whose directors and whose, board, uh, whose uh, management ought to be in prison for crimes against humanity rather than uh, getting bonuses as they have every, every year since 2007. Uh, these banks, they own the president, they own the Congress. Right. Because we let them, we let them uh, get away with murder. It's our responsibility that we have someone, uh, the likes of Donald Trump in the White House. This is, uh, we have ourselves to thank for that. We fell for this uh, election pitch that was run on us by, by the patriarchs. This was the deep state pulling the wool over our eyes, and we wanted to believe it, so we believed it. And uh, now we have consequences. It's a theater. But, uh, yeah, this, this is how it works. This is basically how it works. And 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 I I don't know if you I don't know if William you want to touch on and I use that word I don't know if you caught it but I use that word theater and I think most listeners probably probably are, are don't have any this may be the first time any of them have 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 heard or listened to this this type of viewpoint I think the average person uh, the average person gets goes about their day uh, just concentrating on on paying their taxes and and being a good citizen. Um, going doing their nine to five, but when when it, when and if the individual takes time to to look in to some of these things, then things like your comment on uh, on Pearl Harbor being bombed and 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 the White House knowing about that, then if you insert at that point, you insert theater one, two, and three, written by a fellow named Albert Pike, and there's a connection. From the Albert Pike line to um, Quigley, Professor Quigley at Georgetown, and um, Bill Clinton, but I don't know if you maybe want to touch on that a little bit, and then I'd love to hear about um, your your China research. Uh, I don't know if you want to go through those through three theaters that are written by Albert Pike. Most people have no clue what that is. Well, it's it. It really basically goes to I think it was uh, his letter exchange. There's some the background, but uh, his letter exchange. I think it may have been Mussolini. Um, but he he had written what are three theaters. So there there's uh, those three theaters, which have transpired into uh, the first and second world war. Basically, um, like you said, being being interchangeable efforts and one of the same efforts. Um, to uh, transfer power uh, away and to uh, various entities, um, but the city of London banks to the Wall Street banks basically is what it was. Okay. We think that we have a nation that we control policy of the United States of America that we're the citizens of a democracy and this is a delusion. And uh, I, I would, you know, if your listeners are really shocked by what I'm saying, I. I'm trying to tell it uh, as honestly as I know it from 37-some years of research in, in, into this, into history, real history. And I can tell you everything you learned in the public schools uh, and the university history courses was fairy tale, Alice in Wonderland, in terms of real history. It's about power, and it's about the power of money, the gods of money, as I said in, in the title of my book. And it's about the power of oil, a century of war, Anglo-American oil politics, 
it's about uh, or the myths, lies, and oil wars. Uh, Follow-up book to that, and how this unelected uh, shadow government or deep state, as it's commonly called nowadays, uh, has hijacked anything having to do with genuine democracy. That's why America is in such a mess right now. Why? No president is taking care of the interests of real Americans. Do you think Donald Trump has done one thing to help real Americans other than a few publicity stunts? His health care bill is written by by uh, billionaires who own the insurance companies that are going to make billions off of the health care reform if Congress is foolish enough to pass it. The, uh, the tax reforms, they're cutting off social programs for people who desperately need it and building up the war machine to, to make wars to feed big oil. You know, Rex Tillerson, ExxonMobil is the Secretary of State. That's not an accident. I wager this is Rockefeller's oil man is, is in the foreign policy pivot. So, and the all the economic posts of the Trump administration are held by Goldman Sachs. Every single one of them, from the Commerce Secretary to the Treasury Secretary to the President's economic advisor, all Goldman Sachs. So this is hardly draining the swamp. The swamp is draining the country. Right, so let's let's get into... um Let's get into China, William, and um, I, I know that you, you, you've been a visiting professor, from, from my understanding, um, at, uh, at, is it the University of Beijing, or? Uh, oh, it's, uh, well, uh, that was some years ago, then uh, currently I'm a visiting professor at the Northwest China University in Xi'an, ah. the Institute of Middle East Studies for Geopolitics. Interesting, and that's X I A N Xi'an. X I A N. People may know it. That's the site of the archaeological discovery back in the seventies of the terracotta warriors. A fascinating uh, discovery it is. But it's also a major city in central China, which is the starting point of the Chinese new economic Silk Road, this high-speed rail infrastructure project, and now rail and ports deep water ports, to create new trade networks throughout all of Eurasia, linking Russia, Central Asia, Iran, Turkey, potentially, and ultimately Western Europe, if they ever come to their senses. (laughs) President Xi Jinping came to Florida to meet with Donald Trump and invited the United States to join this project. They're not making it as an anti-American project. And Donald Trump sent a middle-level civil servant spook spy as his representative. He didn't even send his secretary of state to show respect. He just he said, "To hell with you! We're, we're you know we don't need you." Yeah. So you know here is seven trillion dollar deficit of basic economic infrastructure in the United States because the banks abandoned America back in the 70s after the oil shock and went overseas with cheap outsourcing, offshore, and so forth. The NAFTA, and then now back in the 90s with China when they joined the World Trade Organization, that wasn't because of some evil deed of China. That was because of American multinational corporations who give not a damn for the citizens of the United States of America. They don't even pay taxes in America. They don't even pay taxes. Look at the tax record of the top 100 or Fortune 500 corporations in America and how much taxes they pay to the United States government. It's laughable. So they're not even American, but they are controlling the policies, the trade policies of Congress as if they were. So this is a a deep, deep imbalance. The Chinese realized that in 2011, when Obama made what I consider probably the most stupid foreign policy mistake 
of a series of stupid foreign policy mistakes of the Obama presidency, the the second most stupid being the eight, uh, the uh, uh, Arab Spring. Mm-hmm. Obama declared an Asia pivot, and by that he meant a pivot militarily toward containing the economic growth of China through military means. And the Pentagon announced that a year later as the uh, airland uh, strategy to contain China. And the Chinese said, whoa, boy, this is not friendly. And that's when the Chinese, under Xi Jinping, uh, two years later, declared the uh, birth of the, at that point they called it the new economic Silk Road because of the ancient Silk Road from 2,200 years ago, bringing Chinese silks over land through Central Asia to the Mediterranean on up to the Roman Empire. But this Silk Road is quite something different. It's Mm. high-speed rail infrastructure over land across Eurasia, creating new markets. This is potentially a $22 trillion real economy infrastructure project. This is what America should be doing. Instead of making wars everywhere, we should be turning toward the $7 trillion infrastructure deficit that's been estimated by the American Society of Construction Engineers and others for basic uh, electricity grid renovation, the water supply, clean water supply, the highways, high-speed railway. You know, the leading nation in the world for mileage, track mileage of high-speed railways is China. Mm. 30 years ago, China was a backward third-world country. The United States today, supposedly the greatest economic power in the world. It's not. It's all statistical lies. The United States today has not one centimeter of high-speed railway track. Not one centimeter. This is lunacy. Yeah. You know, we could be moving people, we could be moving freight much more efficiently, but of course, Rockefeller Oil Companies, Tillerson's Pals, and ExxonMobil, and so they control the budgets and the policies in Washington that feed the overland truck traffic and the use of oil for that. Right. So, yeah, this is this is amazing. Uh, William, it seems to me that the Chinese, and and I want to get into how Washington and Wall Street plan to cage the Asian dragon, which is the the latter part of the title of of your your newest book or one of your newest books. But it seems it seems to me that the Chinese. I'm a big proponent of Elon Musk and what he's doing, and he's releasing solar-powered roofs now, but of course his Tesla project. It seems to me that the Chinese, to give the Rockefellers a little bit of run for their money, could start mass-producing electric cars and enter that into a global market. I'm not sure Musk uh, is on the right track with his version of electric cars, and I think he's making a lot of serious mistakes. He's got a lot of publicity hype behind him a lot of Wall Street money. But when I was in China about a month ago, I learned that Chinese industry and the German car industry have created a joint research and development center Mm. for perfecting electric batteries in Shanghai, in the Shanghai area, in the southern China. And they're investing billions of dollars in that not as competitors, but this is Mercedes, this is mm-hmm. BMW, these are, these are really the highest quality car makers in the world, working with the Chinese to develop electric batteries because they see this is the future of automobile power. Mm-hmm. And it's not this hybrid thing that Toyota rolled out a few years ago. It's, uh, there are technologies that are on the brink that will give a driving range of vastly more than three or four hundred kilometers or miles 
and a charging, recharging time of minutes rather than hours. So this will revolutionize the last century of, of the age of petroleum. This will revolutionize that into non-polluting, uh, effective and efficient transportation. So this is what the kind of things that the Chinese are working on. What they're doing, and it's remarkable to see the energy. I saw this uh, in many different places in China in my recent trip. What they're doing with incredible dedication and, and motivation is transforming the Chinese economy from a coolie labor, sweatshop, uh, low-value-added screwdriver assembly economy of the 19. 90s uh, or 2000, 2010, into a high-tech, cutting-edge world economy. And they're doing it pretty quickly and, and pretty effectively. They've got a lot of energy. <laughs> so what's the answer for Washington and Wall Street? wars and stop thinking you're the boss over everybody. This dome sum, this, this sadomasochistic foreign policy of Washington and the Wall Street banks has got to come to an end. Otherwise, it will destroy America even worse than it has. Sure. And it's done a pretty good job. You know, look around at, at your life situation, uh, people who are listening to this. Look around it. Has your living condition as a middle-class American improved over the last 20 to 30 years? Have you actually got a better standard of life, a perspective for the future? Or are you scared to death of losing your job, uh, of having it outsourced to some call center in Mumbai or Lord knows what? And what, what has happened? What, what, what have we allowed? We have a Congress that is responsible to no American citizens. We have elections that are determined by so-called key swing states. And this is no longer the kind of America that I grew up in in the 1950s and 1960s. It's, 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 it's a freak show. American politics. It's really a freak show. When we have a casino gambling mafia uh, czar like Donald Trump as the president of the United States, <laughs> it's pretty scary. I know all the good words Donald Trump said to the voters to get elected. And take a close look at what he's done to deliver that. He's right. appointed billionaires to his cabinets more than any president in history. He's not a man of the common people. He's not a man of anyone but Donald Trump. He's a, he's a narcissist, uh, egomaniac. He has to always psychologically be at center stage or he goes crazy. And that's pretty dangerous for the leader of the most powerful nation in the world. And by the way, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm non-party because I see both parties are corrupted by the same Wall Street banks. Right. Obama's cabinet was run by Goldman Sachs and Citibank, as is Donald Trump's, as was George W. Bush, as was Bill Clinton's before him, as was George Herbert Walker Bush before him. So you have to go back probably to Jack Kennedy to Agreed. find any semblance, in, in my memory, any semblance of some kind of national policy interest. Agreed. And and one of the one of the one of the early uh, authors that had kind of opened my eyeballs because it, it, it was here. I'm originally from San Francisco, but I've uh, been resident here in Miami for a few years now. Uh, and, and 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 what had opened my my perception was the Zika and the pesticide spraying. And what I'd learned about who's controlling and owning the pesticide uh, blew me away. And the author that really got me digging deep was a guy named Anthony Sutton. And he was a Stanford Hoover fellow. And he had dug open 
this whole organization out of Yale that you're referring to, whereas the Rockefellers, the Bushes, the Russells, uh, even John Kerry have been members of this organization, and, and they're basically doing exactly what, what, what you're speaking of. They're controlling not only them, but they're a large piece of it, and they're controlling uh, U.S. government behind the scenes uh, like strings to a puppet, and I would agree with you. It, it, the last, I think, a solid um, uh, a politician for the people, uh, the hoi, for all the hoi polloi, if you will, uh, was uh, JFK, John F. Kennedy. Yeah. And interestingly, new evidence has come out. I haven't had time to really go into this in depth, but uh, it's certainly worth a, a research by serious researchers. New evidence has come out that George Herbert Walker Bush was in Dallas at the time of the Texas Book Depository assassination of JFK. Interesting. And he was active CIA. He was active CIA when he had this oil company, Zapata Oil, in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And that was just a CIA front company. And then uh, he was involved, apparently, with the CIA hit team that orchestrated the assassination of Kennedy because Kennedy was going off the program big time. He was elected, and then he seemed to be okay. But uh, then, after the Bay of Pigs fiasco, he fired John Foster Dulles. That was a crime against uh, the Rockefellers of the First Order. Then he issued uh, silver certificates on the authority of the U.S. Treasury that went against the Federal Reserve because the U.S. Treasury is not the Federal Reserve, it's the U.S. government. Right. And that goes back in the direction of what the Constitution mandated that was overridden by the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, as you pointed out earlier, Ian. And then he made the decision to get out of Vietnam. This, this CIA advisory buildup in Vietnam that was really creating nothing but chaos and a mess. He said, it's not our war, let's get out of there. And the military-industrial complex did not want to hear that. They wanted a really big war, tens and hundreds of billions of dollars of military contracts and death and destruction. And their man to do that was called Lyndon Baines Johnson. Mm. The vice president of the United States, the former senator from the state of Texas, where I grew up, and I was in Dallas, by the way, not at the side of George Herbert Walker Bush, but I was in Dallas as a young uh, university student taking a year's sabbatical at the day Kennedy was shot. It was, it was a, I remember exactly wow. where I was when I got a phone call from a friend and said, turn on the TV, Kennedy's been shot. I was completely... Uh, you know, completely shocked. But uh, that was a paradigm shift that opened the way for this deep state CIA parallel government, uh, whatever you want to call it, the Bush faction, skull and bones, to step by step by step by step make a coup d'etat against democracy in the United States. So if, if people want to understand what has happened to our once beautiful country, uh, it's not my country right or wrong. It's what's good for people, because nations are about people. And if a, if a government supports what's good for their people, like some governments do in this world today, uh, then, uh, for example, I, I would say the government in Russia is doing as best they can under difficulties of U.S. sanctions and political sabotage and everything else going on, for the Russian people, and I am often in Russia as an invited guest and speaker, uh, author, and so forth. And I would say the government of China, in their own way, very different way from, from Russia, is doing their best to keep improving the living standard of the Chinese people. Uh, there are several other governments that are doing that. For example, the government of Hungary under Viktor Orban. This may come as a shock to some, but he's a bitter opponent of George Soros. Hmm. But, uh, and rightly so. But the government of the United States since 1963 has been incredibly.
increasingly a police state masquerading in drag as a democracy. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, please. But I, I have been doing this and looking at this for 37 years, and it's very clear to me that's the direction the country is being taken, unless we say enough is enough. Many people were deluded into thinking that was what Trump was all about. Enough is enough. Uh, right. The media is liars. Everything, he's, much of what he said was true. But Trump was also a liar, is also a liar. <laughs> you know, there's a sucker born every minute. What is it, P.T. Barnum? Where <laughs> uh, you can fool some of the people all the time, all the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And hopefully that's about to happen in America. Well said, William. Um, just a just a, a a parting a parting note, and I'd like I'd like you to uh, direct uh, listeners to anywhere you'd like them to go to learn about more what you're researching and what you're doing. But just a little bit of food for thought for those in Florida uh, or those in the Caribbean. And I and I and I and I, and I recently uh, listened to this, but Haiti which I had no idea, and you can confirm this quickly and then go into directing listeners. But Haiti has an incredible oil reserve. Is that correct? That's correct. The earthquake that took place in Haiti uh, about six years ago, I forget exactly, uh, that cut right across Port-au-Prince, the capital city of Haiti, and the U.S. government response was to send 20,000 U.S. military into Port-au-Prince area, not to provide emergency water and first aid and so forth to hundreds of thousands of homeless citizens, God forbid, but to put a barbed wire fence over the oil spills that were coming out because three tectonic plates clashed together right in the area off of Port-au-Prince in Haiti. And the oil potentials that's been analyzed by independent geologists of Haiti could make it an independent nation. And the U.S. oil companies, Anglo-American oil companies, do not want to allow that in any way, shape, or form. Okay, to the second question, Ian, if people are interested in learning more about the way I look at the world, and I'm not saying I'm looking at the world right, but I'm trying my very best, and if I can be proven wrong, I'm open to it. And I have, in fact, uh, made corrections of earlier ideas, but I would suggest you go to my website, williamangdahl.com, E-N-G-D-A-H-L, you can Google that, williamangdahl.com, and I would suggest you also, you'll get a, a pop-up window that asks you if you're interested in a free twice-monthly geopolitical newsletter. It contains often chapters from some of my published books, so you can get a better idea of what I'm saying about as many subjects of geopolitics, economics, uh, military policy, and so forth. Uh, GMO, I've written one of the world's... Uh, best-selling books on the dangers of genetic manipulation. And uh, then if, if you find that interesting, I would invite you to make a support contribution. There's a donate button on the top of my website uh, to help keep my independent research independent. And I, I will not uh, work for anybody. Uh, I've done that in the past, and it, it wasn't at all good. I don't like somebody telling me what to do. If I'm wrong, I want to take the responsibility for my mistake and not uh, some editor who has a corporate agenda. So I invite people to go there to buy my books. That's also a way to keep me uh, going. I would suggest two books right now that are highly, highly topical. One is called The Gods of Money. Wall Street and the Death of the American Century. The second book is called The Lost Hegemon, Whom the Gods Would Destroy. If you go on my website at the top of the page, you'll see both of those books. You can click on them. You can go into Amazon 
and find out more information about the content. And uh, I think you'll find yourself pleasantly surprised, or shocked, or whatever. But uh, everything I write is documented in great detail and, and sources so you can follow up on your own. William Engdahl, ladies and gentlemen, William, an incredible honor and pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Keep up the excellent research. And uh, again, I thank you very much. William, call this today from Germany. It's now four past midnight for him. He's waking up in a few hours. So thank you, William, for taking your time out to call in to Winwood Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good night, sir. Incredible. Um, what we've got going on here with discussions, and, and, and again, Winwood Radio is a independent radio station, uh, and uh, the, the, the whole idea here is that I take my time to deliver an hour of quality content to you. And it's content that I find interesting and stimulating. Content varies. I invite guests. They come on their own time. They donate to us to help you be better informed. Five-time Emmy Award winner, Peter Lance, investigatingtrump.com. The guy's won five Emmy Awards. His journalism is incredible. Um... Next week, as I mentioned, Chuck Morris will, will join us, and, and he's made an incredible connection between Nazism and Islamic terrorism. John Perkins, New York Times bestseller, scheduled to join us July 12th. We're going to shift gears a little bit in August, and we're going we're to help learn how we can better our living situations, our urban cities. Harvard lecturer Jeff Speck will be joining us. Amy Siskind from years of managing money on Wall Street. She's now dedicating her time to empowering women and the LGBTQ movement. The new agenda. She'll tell us about it. August 9th. And Christina Moss and Meg Daly will tell us about the underlying. Transforming a 10-mile stretch of neglected land in the Miami-Dade area. They've agreed to join us September 6th. I'm still working to secure a date with Cynthia McKinney. She ran for Congress. She was a congressman, or excuse me, congresswoman in Georgia. She ran for the Green Party. Or excuse me, she ran for president under the Green Party. And she's doing incredible things from a female perspective and trying to change and make her country better. And that's all we can do, guys. That's all, that's all we can do is help educate ourselves, help educate our families, our neighborhoods, our communities, be better. And look, if something's not right, tear it down. It's, it's so easy to go about our day and live in a bubble. Does it have the best interest? Are there repercussions of that best for everyone? And if you're listening to me from Venezuela or Cuba, and again, I talk about these countries just because that's who I interact with on a daily basis, primarily in Miami here. I mean, the situation in Venezuela is absolutely ridiculous. It's out of control. Peel back the layers, understand why 
It's horrible. Let's stand up, make a change, and change it. There's no reason that every human being on this planet should not be guaranteed or given an opportunity to live freely and justly. And if that's not happening, and if our politics are falling apart, let's do something about it. So, just to backtrack a little bit, IanTrache.com, you'll find past interviews, Amy Carson, Wendy Silvers, Miriam Hennon, Saving the Honeybees. We're doing great things here. I thank you for your time. Please tune in next week for Chuck Morris. And until then, you've tuned in to Winwood Radio. This is your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. Be awesome.